Welcome back. It is episode number 38 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And the two men's and women's basketball teams here on campus had their tip-off event to begin the year yesterday, and we're recording this on Thursday, so it was Wednesday night. And it's always cool to be able to see the two teams get together. Seth Greenberg was in the building. He gave kind of the the send-off address, so to speak, to everybody. So a really cool event, and Matt, it gets us excited because now we are less than a week away from the beginning of basketball season. It's so exciting to have Arena Arena play back and of course we will miss those fall sports but we're not going to miss them yet because it's playoff time coming up. That's right. We're getting to crunch time here with the fall sports. We're getting ready to have all four arena sports ready to go. It's a great time to be a Bobcat and we'll tell you more about it in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Quinnipiac duels on Saturday. This is the men's tennis team. They won nine matches against Fairfield and Bryan over the weekend, and they have the CT State Championships at Yale Friday through Sunday, so best of luck to that team. For the field hockey team, they lost 4 to nothing at number 19 Old Dominion last week, but they rebounded with a 5-2 to win at home against Brown on Sunday afternoon, and Becca Main, with the win, picked up her 200th win as the field hockey head coach here at Quinnipiac, so congratulations to her. She was one of the first guests that we had on this Quinnipiac Athletics podcast. So she is an absolute delight to talk to and play for, as we've talked to some of the players about. This same field hockey team is home against Temple on Friday at 3 p.m. To cross country now to the CCSU mini-meet for the women's cross-country team on Friday afternoon. Senior Megan Curtin led the team with a 23rd-place finish in the 3K race. And the 2019 MAC championships for both teams are this weekend in Holmdel, New Jersey, on November 2nd. For the men's soccer team, they dropped a 2-1 tight game against Iona on Saturday afternoon. But last week, Tomas Svakula won MAC Rookie of the Week for his goal and an assist at Monmouth last Wednesday. The men's soccer team rebounded with a big 4-3 three win at Siena on Wednesday. Eamon Whalen, former podcast guest, of course, had a hat trick in the game winning goal against Siena. So a big day for the men's soccer team. This same team is home against Fairfield Saturday at 1 p.m. before traveling to Ryder on Wednesday at 4 p.m. To women's volleyball now. They had a tough three to nothing loss versus Fairfield Saturday. And the upcoming schedule for this team is away at Manhattan on Saturday at 1 p.m. and away at Iona on Sunday at 1 p.m. So best of luck to them as they wrap up conference play. The women's rugby team, who is highlighted on last week's episode. They dropped their game 55-14 to against Army West Point on Senior Day, so now we eagerly await to see the seedings for the 2019 rugby playoffs. To the ice now with women's ice hockey. They had a 6 to nothing smackdown against Sacred Heart on Friday, and then they doubled down on that smackdown, got a 5 nothing win against Sacred Heart again on Saturday afternoon, and then they had a 4-2 to loss against the number 5 team in the country, Princeton, on Tuesday, and they will play Cornell on Friday at 6 p.m., That is the third best team in the country. And then they are at Colgate Saturday at 3 p.m. Dan, they are on the road. They are indeed for two more games this weekend. Back to the pitch for a moment. The women's soccer team had a big 2-1 win against Siena on Wednesday. So now we know with the win that the women's soccer team will have the number five overall seed in the 2019 MAC tournament. They will play their first round at Marist on Sunday, 
And breaking news into the Quinnipiac Athletics podcast, the game will be played at 1 p.m. on Sunday, so that's when you can see your Bobcats in action. If they win, the MAC semifinals will be on Thursday. To men's ice hockey now, they had a 4 to nothing win versus Vermont Sunday afternoon, and the team stays in the top 10 of the USCHO poll. They are number 9 in the country, and they are number 9 in the USA Today poll. They are looking good, staying in the top 10. And this weekend, they are on the road to the West Coast. They are at Arizona State Friday and Saturday for a 10 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern time start. So a big weekend series for these two teams who played against each other in the 2019 regional finals in Allentown, PA. So, of course, the Arizona State is looking for revenge, but the Bobcats are going to look to continue to roll. And the final team on the rundown, the team we're focusing on for today's episode, is the women's basketball team. Last week, we told you about the official MAC preseason coaches poll in which the women's team was picked to finish second in the division. They are home to begin their season against Drexel on Tuesday night. And Matt, we got a chance to talk to Taylor Hurd, a senior guard on this team. She told us a little bit about a culture change going on with the women's basketball team. They had five seniors graduate last year. All five were starters. So right now, it's a little bit about building a a new identity for this podcast team. It is because there's a lot of fresh faces. And with fresh faces comes adapting to the game of college basketball, the Division I college basketball speed. So whether that is bringing the ball up or moving in transition, crossing the court in transition. So there is a lot of adaptations that needs to happen for fresh faces, but Taylor is one of those veterans that can help with that transition, and she explained it in the interview. Let's talk to Taylor Hurd. And we're back here on episode number 38 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Matt and I are here. We are at the People's United Center. We are highlighting the women's basketball program, and if you're watching this Uh, on the video podcast right now you can see behind us the metaphorical trophy case of the team that we are highlighting a lot of hardware but today we are joined by a senior guard on this very women's basketball team Taylor Hurd what's going on Taylor nothing much just got some practice so happy to join you guys take us through today what uh what do we have on the schedule today so today was a little bit of a lighter day um not necessarily an off day but we had a little film and scout on Drexel um then we had a hundred free throws on the court. We had to take a hundred and record our makes, and then we had to um, go into B and do a little bit of conditioning circuit. So, how many did you make out of a hundred? Can I guess? Go ahead. Ninety-two. You want to guess? Eighty-three. Eighty-nine. Oh. <laughs> All right, so for playing the prices yeah, right rules, I'm, I won. You won. Yeah, I was over. Yeah. Uh, so I actually that that kind of brings up an interesting point. So you know you you have practice every day. You're getting ready for the beginning of the non-conference schedule. How, how much of your practice time now is working on those specific things like you are doing? You're doing free throws or you're taking threes or you're doing one very specific part of your game. Honestly, like team practices, there's not a whole lot of time dedicated to that. Coach wants us in either before or after practice doing that kind of stuff. So when we get on the court, it's very team oriented. We're running through our sets, making sure that we can get chemistry and timing and everything during that time and then um, work on our specific skills in our own time. So especially with practice and and this new freshman class, Mm -hmm. how has the fundamentals of practice changed or how has the the set plays changed with the new faces? So it's a lot of, um, I would say, breakdown. We go more three-on-three than we do five-on-five sometimes just to get concepts and break down rules. Um, 
a lot of it's slower speed so we can just see it and then we'll go full speed and you know it will get a little hectic so then we break it down and go slower <laughs> again so it's that back and forth but I think it really helps even all of us for the um, seniors too like just a refresher of um, time because it's like those little details that really add up and in a game make it so much easier to execute. So we'll get more into the the 2019-20 season in a moment because it's a it's going to be a very interesting year for the program as a whole with with how much that last year's senior class was able to accomplish. But we want to talk about you from Quakertown, Pennsylvania. So Quakertown. So if I if I close my eyes and I'm imagining Quakertown, PA, what am I seeing? You are seeing if you're by my house, you're in the woods, okay. and then um, you're going out the road. You're seeing the turnpike entrance. And then you're seeing some fields, some rural, you're getting into a small town, um, and then you're traveling a good distance to get any anywhere near a city. What about a grocery store? That's got to be close. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's 10 minutes. I'm not, like, completely in the country. <laughs> but <laughs> It's not like going grocery shopping, seeing two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it's definitely a small town, which I think is nice because making the transition to Quinnipiac, um, I feel like you see a lot of the same faces going to class, which I think is nice. And um, so I feel like it was a good transition for me to come from a smaller community and come into Quinnipiac's atmosphere. So let's talk right about uh, – Right with the beginning of the career, when did when did you start playing basketball? How did it come into your life? So I grew up playing three sports, basketball, softball, and soccer. I was a pitcher for softball, which took up a lot of time. Um, soccer, I was defense. And I think that cross-training really helped me in the sports, and it also helped me to have a sport in each season. Um, there wasn't a lot of downtime, so I was always active, always fit. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, it was kind of one of those things where I just saw myself going with basketball, so I dropped softball and soccer. Um, I still love those sports and, you know, kind of reminisce to see what it would be like to play those sports in college, but I'm, I'm happy with my choice to play basketball. So um, sophomore year, I um, transferred to Lansdale Catholic because my public school program was kind of um, teetering back and forth between not having enough players. The coach was on his way out. Wow. So, um, I mean, it was the best decision of my life, not even just for basketball, but for the Catholic school atmosphere. I'm very grateful to have made that and um, made that change and had that opportunity. But um, so I played my sophomore year, got early r recruiting. Um, it was more like the letters. You would get all the letters from colleges. They're not necessarily <laughs> yeah. offering you, yeah. but, you know, you're getting that interest. And, um, and then during my summer going into my junior year is when I tore my ACL um, out for my junior high school season. And then again, the summer going into my senior year. So I was out my junior and senior year of high school. Wow. So we will we, we will break that down. But uh, one of the things I want to ask before we get into the, the high school career, because, I mean, you just alluded to a lot of crazy things happening, mm -hmm. that balance between playing three sports. There's a there's a lot of research that goes into, you know, getting getting burnout if you play one sport the whole time versus three. So, you know, what how valuable was it to be able to kind of pick and choose your sports earlier on in your life? I think it was very valuable because, like I said, I didn't know which sport I was going to choose until later. So, I mean. To me, um, like I said, that cross training was good, but now looking back at it, I mean, I went hard in every sport, and to <laughs> not have that off season, it could have contributed to my knee injuries. Did I you don't go hard know. in the classroom too, or I did, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, got, like you, you got it. Yeah, I got to balance that. Student 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think looking back, maybe should have taken a little bit more of a break or decided sooner um, which one to go with just so I had some more downtime. But um, I think it was extremely valuable, just um, sports in general, the life lessons you learn. So so I kind of want to go back to the ACL injuries and kind of talk about getting recruited in a Division One ath 
athletic team, no matter what sport, is so hard. Mm -hmm. And to not play junior and senior year, which is so big for development and growth and preparing for the collegiate level, how, how was that transition from not playing sophomore year to getting recruited to now playing again in college? Yeah, so it was definitely a challenging time, um, just mentally like an ACL injury to be out all that time and then to do it again back to back after you just rehab for a whole year. So, I mean, that itself was a challenge, but also the challenge of being out physically and then um, jumping into college. I definitely felt like I was a step behind and um, <laughs> perhaps two years behind because <laughs> these girls have played, you know, two years of yeah. high level high school and they're coming into college. So their transition's a little easier, you know, while they're working on their skill set on the court, I'm in the weight room. I'm trying to get my legs back like just endurance wise and everything so that was definitely a slower start for me and I feel like um, last year honestly was the first season that I felt like I had my legs under me and I was back and I definitely feel the jump from this season too like I feel even quicker and more athletic so it's it's awesome to um, have the resources we have here at Quinnipiac with Coach B and Becky and um, stay close to those people. And what is that first time stepping back onto a court after rehabbing for two years mm -hmm. like? Were, were you nervous? Were you at half speed? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely hesitant. You're not going as fast as you think you are. Like when I was looking <laughs> at film, I'm like, oh, I thought I was sprinting or I thought I was cutting hard. But, you know, you just you have that reserve in you. Um, but I think after the second time, it was kind of a thing like I know I put in the work in rehab. I know I did everything I could to get back on the court. So I, I wasn't playing scared. And I think that's the one thing you can't do um, after coming off any injury is play scared. Um, you have to kind of just go out there and try to get back to your, you know, trust the process and get back to playing your game. And it's interesting you say that this past season you felt like you had your legs back mm -hmm. because a sixth man of the year award is handed to you. So what, what was what was that like after rehabbing and finally finally getting that award and that sense of I did it? Mm -hmm. It was definitely humbling. Um, you know, speaking to us being Division One athletes in high school, you're – the star of your high school, especially when I'm coming from a smaller town. Um, but that's a lot of us. And then to join a championship program where you have this championship culture, like it's, that's a transition in itself. So it was a lot being thrown at me freshman year and as well as my senior classmates. But um, it's just that humbling experience to take on a role that you might ne not necessarily see yourself taking on and then to do well with that and to have that recognized as your contribution to this championship culture. It was really exciting for me. So now, I mean, the, the numbers freshman and sophomore year in high school speak for themselves. Uh, scoring record as a freshman at Quakertown before transferring and then 17.9 points per game as a sophomore at Lansdale. So, so that makes sense. So, so that's what so the, the, resume, eyes, the eyes were starting yeah. to pop already. But so, so what is that conversation like with a college and with, with somebody like Trish Fabry coming and talking to you? Because, I mean, they know what you're going through. But, you know, take us through the, the recruiting process for you and, and some of the conversations that you were having. So what was really special about Coach Fabry is she had Carly, who had ACL injuries. So as a mom, I think she knew um, how her daughter was able to come back from injuries. And I, I could sense that trust in her. And I'm just very thankful for them taking a gamble on me because at that point, that's what it was. Coming off two ACLs, you don't know how someone's going to come back. And I didn't either, but I was confident in my work ethic. And I think they saw that too during the recruiting process. But there was definitely schools that were intimidated by it. They didn't want to take that risk. And I get it. It's a huge scholarship to you know gamble with. So just very fortunate for Coach Fabry and the staff for taking a risk on me. So what was that what was that X factor about Quinnipiac that sold you on wanting to become a Bobcat? I think it was that loyalty and that sense of family. Um, just 
knowing that they had my back um, through adversity. And I've gotten that same sense here, you know, with um, family issues I've had off the court, they've always been there um, and my teammates too. So I think that's really what separated them from a lot of the other colleges I looked at. And if you don't mind us asking, what were those other schools that kind of didn't really take that gamble? There was um, a few Mac schools, actually, Iona I was looking at, I visited, and um, that was one that kind of got drawn off the table. But um, I, I was still in the early stages of recruiting, so not a lot were offers. They were just interests, and I think that's especially what made it even harder because it's like, do we keep pursuing or do we kind of fall back since we're not in that committed stage yet? Right. right. So one of the things uh, that Adele Thornton told us when we, we had her on the show last year when talking about Trish Fabry was just – how how honest that she was with her when you know when talking to her about coming to Quinnipiac and, and joining the program. So, it, you know, talk talk to us a little bit about having her not only as as somebody who's trying to recruit you, but just as a coach day in and day out playing for her with this program. Yeah. So she definitely demands the best from you and I think she has her ways of getting that out of you in practice and it might not be the easiest way but it definitely reaps results and I think that's part of the reason why I got to that six-man award because she was pushing me to take on that role as a sixth um, person off the bench and to give that energy and um, it was definitely out of my comfort zone and you know, I credit her for pushing the right buttons in practice and making sure, you know, it was never too much for me, but at the same time enough that I'm not settling and not getting comfortable. So coming in freshman year, I mean, this program was already well on its way to, uh, to success in the MAC and nationally. So, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that freshman year experience for you. You know, what, what is it like as a freshman coming into a program that has this kind of has this kind of trophies on the wall and, and just, you know, what, what were the expectations on you and your class? So, I mean, coming from Quakertown and then LC, we never really made playoffs. I, you know, didn't win a whole lot of games with my high school teams. Um, so coming into this kind of culture was just like surreal in itself. But then to get that mid-major experience at a Sweet 16, like that was just like, I think I don't recognize the significance of it until now. And <laughs> like when I figured out the NCAA tournament and how it works and how mid-major teams don't get there like that. Right, right, so yeah. yeah, in the moment it was just um, taking it all in and obviously enjoying it. But until I look back, I don't really realize like the the significance of it. But I think for my freshman class, um, we did a lot of a lot of practice squad. You know, um, we were like. There was five of us, so we were the five rookies that um, ran a lot of the defense, or we would go scout O. So um, that was our role, and I think we did it well. We always pushed the upperclassmen that were, you know, starting and getting time to give their best every practice, because you know we have those freshmen trying to earn time. But um, I think that was our role. <laughs> so th this is a very broad question, but you know, we we see when we've been in lounges at, here at the People's United Center that there are, are phrases posted around and everybody's talking a lot about their team's culture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what is the culture of Quinnipiac women's basketball? What do you really think makes this team tick? I think it's our competitiveness and our edge. And I think a lot of that comes from coach and just her fieriness and her, you know, energy that she brings every day. Um, but yeah, I would say in practice, it's just, not letting ourselves get comfortable even when we're doing well and in those games where you know we're winning game after game after game after game still finding those little things to fix and um, perfect in practice so it's a brand new like we said earlier in the interview brand new faces you uh you lose Brittany martin you lose jen fay and those are big shoes to fill but it's your turn and it's the senior class's turn so how do you guys feel about filling those shoes and uh starting a new legacy so it's um it's exciting but challenging because 
out of my senior class, Paige and I are the only ones that have really seen a lot of court minutes. So, you know, Jader's, uh, Jader, <laughs> we nicknamed her Jader. <laughs> Jaden, <laughs> Jaden's um, stepping into more time. You know, Paige and I are stepping into more time. At the same time, we're all trying to step into leadership roles while, you know, we've played the um, supporting roles these past few years. So I think that transitions in itself is hard. And then we're also trying to be the bridge. So it's like we're trying to figure out um, our transition into our new roles while bridging these freshmen to come with us. So it's a lot at once. And I think we're seeing that with um, the frustrations we get in practice, but it's all good. Like it's all um, eventually we're, you know, perfecting our craft essentially. So you guys get um, the preseason Mac number two spot mm -hmm. and not the Mac number one spot, which was, I think, a shock to most of the team. So does that kind of light the spark and a little why not us attitude as well? Oh, 100%. I had my Instagram story up ready to see <laughs> number one and I saw number two and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit of like a bet moment, yeah. but it was a good bet. Like we yeah. needed that chip on our shoulder. We need to know like there's a even bigger target on our back. It grows every year that we win this thing. So um, I think for our freshmen to see like our, you know, angst with that um, preseason award show um it, it got them excited and you know puts it in perspective that like we need to finish this thing out especially for my senior class we want that fourth ring absolutely so what have you seen from this freshman class so far it's a it's it's a pretty big jump for them as well jumping into mm -hmm. a program that's won three straight mac titles what have you seen i think i've seen a lot of the stuff that i saw as a freshman like you're coming into this championship culture and it's just a lot more demand than it was in high school and um it's also competitive. I mean, we're all competing for time, but at the same time, um, you know, trying to support each other because we know there's a lot of adjustments being made. We're trying to find spots for people and um, where they can best contribute. So um, I, I think, as I've been saying, like they just bring this new energy that's really fun and like their personalities too. I think that gets underlooked because um, in practice, like it's just fun with their personalities. You know, they're funny, but at the same time, they know when to turn it off and, you know, turn it on on the court. So um, it's been really fun playing with them. Non-conference play begins on Tuesday mm -hmm. right here at the People's United Center yeah. uh, against Drexel. So, first of all, if you come out, I just saw that you get a, a special 3 P t-shirt. So, uh, some incentive no for way. people. Wow. Yes, yeah, a nice yellow 3 P t-shirt. So, if you're watching this, make sure you come out to the People's United Center and, and get one of those. But um, it seems like every single they year. They larges? Could use a large. I, I think that they probably should all have right. large. Okay. If, you, if you ask nicely or ask our <laughs> ask the people that put this podcast on, yeah, they might yeah. be able to get us one. <laughs> but um, it seems like every single year, you know, there are there are tough games on this non-conference schedule. There are, are games against ranked teams. I think last year it was against Texas in a tournament mm -hmm. uh, that you guys kept to within a couple of points. This year it is a game at number 11 Maryland, which is going to be a fantastic game to watch. But just in general with these these non conference schedules it always seems like you're playing these tough teams these these non-mid-major teams what are some of the lessons that your team traditionally has been able to learn from playing these tough schedules I think it's just getting that um different skill set um you know we're comfortable with our conference because we see the teams twice in a season but to get um a different feel of like these different conferences and just to know there's more out there and that's what we're going to be seeing at the end um that's like our end all that we we want to be seeing those teams and um to get a taste of what they look like and how we look um and get that like early benchmark i think is important because we see where we have to end um but that's at the beginning you know so it's kind of like circling it's a whole like circle back to each other um but yeah I think like our non-conference this 
year is really good for us because we have a lot of teams that are our caliber or um, that you know are good matchups for us. So to have that balance of them and then also see the tougher teams like Maryland and um, UCF, I think will be great for us. And I think it's good to see a team like Maryland because you can watch and study the way they play and mm-hmm. maybe even transition it back to your team and yeah. use that four conference games and not to mention there there's teams like bucknell that you've seen in the past too so it's it's an interesting kind of measuring stick for okay you know we we won or lost by x amount last year you know this year we we did differently or you know we had we didn't play as well we played better Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of good to have those as well it seems but uh you know kind of wrapping up about the 2019-20 season what are some of the expectations and goals for this team because i know teams have long-term goals and Mm -hmm. and they have short-term goals so what what are some of the things that your team's working towards um, I think the most obvious one for us is the MAC tournament, um, winning that, getting a fourth ring for our senior class and this first one for the freshmen and, you know, for everyone in between. But I think the more um, short-term goal would just be to really find our identity in this non-conference. I think it's going to be a little bit of a different identity than it has been in the past just because of personnel. But I think it's going to be exciting to see that. But um, we've definitely just been trying to keep a level head and know that there are going to be adverse moments. There's going to be frustration because we are trying to find it and work through it. And there's going to be different combinations on the court. There's going to be a lot of different variables in um, to take into consideration. So I think short, short term would just be to kind of take it one day at a time and just, um, you know, take everything that's thrown at us, whether it be by coach in practice or by these teams in the non-conference and get to that conference and feel confident in each other. And as a senior and a leader on this team, you know, what what are you doing every single day, either on the court, off the court to kind of keep your team focused on those goals? Um, My number one priority is to stay healthy because our numbers this year aren't as, you know, our bench isn't as deep just like numbers wise. Um, So that's my main priority to make sure I'm doing my maintenance work with Becky and Coach B. And then second, just um, making sure I'm getting my shot right because uh, that's my role for this team is to shoot and hit. So um, that's my next priority. And then in practice, just make sure that I'm taking the time that I can take to teach these freshmen the little things that I didn't realize were so important my freshman year um, that they may be overlooking or, you know, when coach is saying it three times and they're still not getting it, it's like, hey, that's important. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just trying to take uh, as much advantage as I can to, like, coach. And I'm glad you said find the identity in the non-conference play because Mm -hmm. I think last year that that team, when they played Harvard, when you guys played Harvard, Mm -hmm. was a huge identity game because you battled back from down so much and, like, it went to overtime, so – Non-conference games are more important than people realize, so I'm glad. I'm glad you said that they find you guys find identity with non-conference games. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Should we ask yeah. some questions? Yes. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So we asked three questions to all of our guests. Uh, these are the real thinkers, the personal ones. We get really in depth. So the first one: If you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be, <laughs> and why? Oh boy. Yeah. Um, because we know you can talk basketball the whole time. You know, we can talk about the trophy yeah. behind us all day, but. I'm try- Does it have to be somewhere I've been, or can it be somewhere no, new? Anywhere. What, you anywhere want to dream about a place to go to? I'm definitely – honestly, I'm going to say L.A. because I was there this summer. Um, I've always dreamed of going out there and to get a 10-week taste of it. Um, intern, it was, intern with the Sparks, right? Yep, L.A. Sparks, yeah. Yeah, so um, I would have to say L.A. I love the lifestyle. Um, they just seemed a lot more relaxed than the East Coast. <laughs> um, a lot Tends less. To be the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot less at each other's throats. So I don't know. I just that was more my speed. Um, so I definitely like the L.A. lifestyle. Tell us about your time with the Sparks. Amazing. Um, 
another surreal moment in my career, but um, just like blessed to have that opportunity and how it lined up. Um, so Molly, you doing writing stuff or, or video or? Yeah, so I was doing public relations, oh, cool. uh, like with their public relations yeah, department. Yeah. So I wrote feature stories for their players. I was also involved in um, pitching their president to speakers bureaus. So she had opportunities to speak at events um, at, in LA and across the country. So um, it was really nice to be trusted with tasks like that. Um, Absolutely. They weren't intern tasks and um, just to be associated with a professional team so early on um, really just blessed to have that opportunity so now we're all all three of us here are seniors mm -hmm. we're, we're staring down the barrel of yeah. real life coming up um, so taking basketball out of the equation what's the end goal where would you where would you like to see yourself when you, you walk out of here in May yeah so I've been asked that and I've been thinking about that too <laughs> but um, I don't know I'm kind of just like keeping the door open right now because I know a lot can change between now and May um, but I definitely value education. I think I could see myself getting my master's, whether that be through a program like the Victory Scholars where you play overseas and you're volunteering um, community and getting your master's that way or taking on a grad assistant position at a, um, a different university. So um, just trying to get creative with it, maybe bridge the time between that I graduate and take a nine to five job, maybe do a few more like paid internships. I don't know. So I'm just kind of keeping the door open, but definitely in communications. I love storytelling. I love interviewing. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcasts, love oh, yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of keeping the door open. Cool. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, second one. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person, either alive or deceased can be anybody who would it be and why? Hmm. I would have to say my pop. So he's my dad's dad, and he passed away when I was two years old. But I actually I wear his number, and he's been like a significant person in our family. And it's it's kind of weird the relationship I feel like I have with him, even though I didn't get a whole lot of time with him um, yeah. while he was still here. But j just because he is so pivotal in my family, um, I would definitely have dinner with him. Nice. You might you might be able to catch catch Jaden right in the corner of the screen. Yeah, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Uh, that, that's a fantastic answer. Uh, and the final one, uh, you are on death row. What is your last meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? Oh, gosh. And I will fight people on this. Yeah. Like, I have fought guests on this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'm scared. <laughs> I love food. You could give me anything and I'd saying. be happy, but... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. So this could Ooh. be something like from a from a restaurant near home, something your something your mom or dad makes, something okay. something from the calf if you're so inclined. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't had one of those yet, but I, I'm yeah, I'm confident one yeah, day. We're open, yeah, we're open to it. Okay, so I'm gonna go with um, we go to Ocean City, New Jersey every year. Well, we try to get there, and Mike's Seafood. I don't know if you guys have been there, but we do like the crabs. So I would probably do that. Okay. Um, if there's a budget. But if there's not, no, I would get, no, yeah, 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 I this would get, okay, okay, yeah. okay. You're, <laughs> pass, you're passing away tomorrow. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, the mussels from there, and then yeah. you get the bread, and you dip the bread in the marinara oh, yeah. sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fire. Yes, please. Some okay. places, some places even put the bread down first before they put everything on top Incredible. of it so that it just soaks. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Okay. Um, drink wise. You 21? 21. So, well, I, yeah, so everything's yeah. fair it's game. A, it's fair yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would have to say a Mega Marg. Yes, hey, yes, I'm here for it. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't really go, but that's no, okay. No, no, that's okay. I, I'm talking about the ones that you have to like two hand. Yeah, like, pick it like up. bowl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you can't have the snap out and the, yeah, it has <laughs> to be. <laughs> one if there's motion. any incentive to watch this video to watch Matt two hand his Marg. <laughs> 
his imaginary don't, mark at this table. Because places do it. Don't give me the two like mini straws. Stop. Oh like, no. Don't do that. Don't or do the that. sharing straw. Yeah. Like yeah, this isn't for the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't do that either. Don't. All right. Uh, so there's your drink. So we're we're rolling so far, uh, and then dessert to finish it off. Dessert. Oh my gosh. Ah, I can't pick one. I would have to say I've been on Trader Joe's. There's this salted caramel, salted caramel gelato. Ooh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Yeah. So good. Like you would think. It's Trader Joe's brand. Trader Joe's brand. Ah. Freezer section. Yeah. We're that's going what, that's all what I'm going out. Because yeah. I and love then, salted caramel stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then. Anything if, salt. If, yeah. if they're generous, I would ask for some pretzels. I crumble some pretzels in there and make it a little, you know. That's like genius. Sunday, yeah. That's so. genius. So that's what I'm going with. Nothing yeah. goes, but that's what yeah. I'm going with. That's a, that's okay, yeah. That, that doesn't yeah. need to go. It's Throwing a, up before I die. <laughs> no, 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 no. Doesn't need to go. Like, well, uh, well, Taylor, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us today. Thanks uh, for having me. A lot of, lot of great things expected from this team and from you this year, so best of luck moving forward. Thanks Good so luck. much, guys. Thanks so much to Taylor Hurd for joining us here on episode number 38 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. First and foremost, go online to GoBobcats.com. You can get everything you may need, anything you could possibly think of, including this podcast, right there on GoBobcats.com. Follow the athletic department at QU Athletics on Twitter and Instagram. And while you're doing that, you're going to want to follow the Twitter account for the women's basketball team to get all of their score updates as they make a run for another MAC title. So that is at QU underscore WBB, at QU underscore WBB to be able to follow that team. Lastly, make sure you subscribe to us. We would really appreciate it if you go on to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us with a subscription. Hit us with a review. That is how we are able to grow this fine show. Matt McAuliffe, I want to also be able to grow your personal brand. So where can we find you? Yeah, at McAuliffe7. And uh, you said it best, Dan. They got to subscribe to help us grow. And I'm at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. The theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.